podcast where we discuss business strategy and entrepreneurship and I am Robin Hartung CEO and co-founder of www.noje.biz that's Noye a subscription box and online marketplace for craft chocolate coffee tea honey and other things Um, so go check that out if you want to see it Today we have on our show a very uh, dear friend of mine and fellow business owner Zoe Stathis Sandor, and uh, she's the owner and operator of Zoe's Dog Training. Say hi, Zoe. Hi. Uh, so we wanted to have you on the show today because we are interested in uh, learning some business strategy from you, and I'd love to just start out learning a bit more about you. Uh, these are things that I probably know, but things out in people out in podcast land don't. Um, so what first brought you to San Diego? You're not from here originally, or you are, or... I'm from Southern California, okay. um, San Pedro, mm-hmm. which is near Long Beach. But uh, actually what brought me to San Diego was my sister. She lived here, and at the time her husband was abroad for work. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, I'm having, I was having some trouble at the time getting um, an accounting job okay. in L.A., which is where I was living at the time. And I thought, I just need a break from looking for work. Right. So I went and moved in with my sister for the couple of months that her husband was, was gone. Okay. Me and my, my dog. Got it. So <laughs> accounting, was that originally what you wanted to do? Was that what you went to school for and everything? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yep, I went to school in Syracuse. Okay. At Syracuse University. I majored in, I sort of got my degree in business management with a concentration in accounting and a minor in music industry, actually. Interesting. So were you kind of in LA wanting to work in the music industry? I think for as long as I can really remember, what I wanted to do was own a nightclub. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I had like named it and everything. What was the name? It was Nightingale Nightclub. I thought that was like so original. Uh (laughs) But it was really because my mom had called me Nightingale, like as a as the bird, right? You know, the song bird. So, uh, so yeah, I wanted to have this nightclub that would have like a house band, and I would be like the house singer. But in addition, I would like manage the entire. Facility and I had it all. I, I literally had it drawn out exactly yeah. what it would look like and everything. Then I went to college uh-huh. and I learned what it took to run your own business and I took uh, some yeah. entrepreneurial classes. <laughs> I had this one instructor that was like, basically, don't do it. You're definitely gonna <laughs> fail. I've failed so many times, uh-huh. and I decided it wasn't worth the risk. Yeah. At that moment, I decided it wasn't it wasn't worth the risk and I just, you know, concentrated on accounting. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of definite risk that you take on as a business person and a lot of I guess moments where you're going to say, "Yeah, I'm going to fail a lot before yeah. I succeed." Absolutely. And uh, one of my guests last week, Sean, who owns my yoga studio, I think he said, gosh, what did he say? He said uh, business owners are the only people that would take an 80-hour week over a 40-hour week and then call it freedom. Absolutely. <laughs> Word. Yeah. So I think we might be a little bit crazy, but maybe good crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. 
Um, so then what made you decide, okay, well, you know, I, I've heard that taking on a business is a lot of risk and a lot of headache and a lot of failure, but I'm going to do it anyway. You know, it was baby steps for me to get there. It really mm-hmm. was. I, up until this year, yeah. it really was not a risk taker. Okay. Okay. Now, I say I wasn't a risk taker, but probably people that are really not risk takers <laughs> would look at my life and say that you're a major risk taker. Right. Um, I was really fortunate early on when I first decided to become a dog trainer that I had some financial support. Okay. Um, and, and so I could take that initial risk without right. it being as risky. Okay. Um, but and, and but since then it was really more. Uh, I, I I thought I'm gonna be the best number two you've ever seen. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know uh-huh. that was like my goal. That was that would I I mean that felt great right. to me. So like co-pilot, that was your, oh yeah, that was your game. Oh yeah, uh-huh. like that's all I wanted to do was just be number two. Um, I was really good at it, yeah. and I loved it. Okay. Um. But mm-hmm. then I felt a desire for advancement. I, right. I, got, I guess I got bored. Yeah, I think everyone, I guess, gets to a point where the growth in their current industry position, whatever, just kind of hits a ceiling, and then mm-hmm. what's the next step? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I had never been in a job for as long as I had been a dog trainer. Right. That was the longest I've been doing the same you know, career path, I guess. You know, and, and I'm always itching to move. I think when we're young, yeah. we move actual houses uh-huh. a lot uh-huh. you know and when you get older you stop doing that and and you have to find other ways to keep that uh creativity flowing you know yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um and so that's kind of what happened to me is that I felt the need to go bigger mm-hmm. and uh I um I was given an opportunity to do that mm-hmm. and it didn't go well oh, wow okay <laughs> Uh, so I was giving an opportunity to do that within the company I was working for. All right. And it didn't go well. Um, I was still the number two. Yeah. Well, and I remember at that you point, saying, it wasn't... like, I think when you took that step, I remember you saying there was some conflict. You yeah. Know, some struggle that you had to go through. Yeah. You know, it. I guess, I, I don't think I realized that what I wanted was to have as much control as I have now. Right. And so I was vying for more control Mm -hmm. but at the same time this company already had a number one right so like staying in a position where I guess you didn't have to take the risk but wanting to have the control yeah yeah not really going to work but then of course you came to the realization all right well I guess to get that control I've got to take the risk right yeah yeah Yeah. absolutely Uh yeah and I think probably what pushed it over the edge was Mm -hmm. The birth of my son. Jeremiah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeremiah, Mr. Scoot himself. Mm-hmm. For those of you that do not know Jeremiah, he has mastered scooting instead of crawling. He scoots on his butt, and it's adorable. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Jeremiah, when you found out that you were pregnant with him, um, did you kind of right away go, all right, I need to have more control over my schedule or what? what? Yeah, that was part of it. Okay. I did, I did need, I knew that I needed to have more control over my schedule. I, because I was still working for the old company when I was pregnant and Uh that was already hard. Okay. Just managing, you know, the physical changes and the, you know, 
the office visits and everything, mm-hmm. um, and still having to kind of report back to someone started to become difficult. Right. Um, but I also kind of had a mental shift in 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 how I wanted to present myself okay. to Jeremiah. Huh. Interesting. You know, and how I, what I wanted him to grow up seeing. Oh yeah. In me and in in what I was able to achieve. Honestly, a, a, a big part of that went mm-hmm. back to I didn't want him to grow up thinking that he um, needed to be afraid. Yeah. I, that's huge for me. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted him to know that uh, fear is the worst reason to not do something. It's not even a reason. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's, you know, I, I kind of pushed myself. I've always asked myself this when I'm trying to make a decision is what would you do if you weren't afraid? Yeah. And I think that's an awesome question. Yeah. Uh And the answer is always the best. Right. You know, (laughs) it's always the best answer. Um, but I had let that fall a little bit to the wayside. Uh, and, but with Jeremiah coming into my life, Mm -hmm. I was just, I was like, you're, you're, you know, time's up, time's up. Yeah. You know, it's time now to stop being afraid. So it was like, okay, I need to put on my role model boots and do it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It affects that, that feeling affects a lot of what I do now. Okay. I don't want, it has affected so many things. And so, yeah. So Jeremiah kind of fast tracked me a little bit on that. Oh, I think he, he did. And the dissension I was starting to have with my old company, it Mm -hmm. it made the decision, man, I, I really, tooth and nail. I like clawed my way. Like I was like, no, I'm not leaving you number two position. Like I can't do it on my own. But I really like mm-hmm. everything in the universe shoved me into yeah. having my own business. That's always interesting. It's <laughs> like when you're just, you're ignoring every single oh, yeah. signal that you're getting. And then you realize how many signals you've gotten. You're like, wow, I've, I've just been ignoring whatever the universe is trying to tell me oh, for yeah. a very long time. Oh yeah. Uh huh. And then when you finally do it, uh, if you know everything comes into place, mm-hmm. and I, I, I'm kind of a, a firm believer in sort of light begets light. Like mm-hmm. you know, once you uh, find your flow in mm-hmm. an area, it opens up flow in all of these other areas. Yeah. You know, um, and things start just coming at you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I. I Every time that I start to feel overwhelmed with work, mm-hmm. I get like four cancellations. Interesting. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Like if I'm starting to get really overwhelmed, everybody calls in and cancels. And then I have to be like, wait, wait, no, I'm just kidding. I'm enjoying my life. I love my job. You know? And then they all come back flowing in. You okay. know? Like I, and, and I, because I really, you know, you're, you get what you give. Yeah. So um, I'm really working on that right now is really trying to. Uh, stay open and not let all the opportunities that come my way freak me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That can be a huge obstacle. It's like, I guess, one that I've struggled with a lot, getting to the point where you look at something and you say, this is so much work, and you see the steps that you need to take to accomplish it, and you go, there are so many steps, and I don't know if I can do it. And, oh my God, that's going to take so much time, but then... You know, I come to realize uh, I have all the steps in front of me and, um, you know, I know how to do them. So why am I psyching myself out over this? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The, the mind, the yeah. ego. 
you know, it gets in the way. Yeah. The the fear of failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think about that with myself all the time. Like, what is it that you're really afraid of, even? Yeah. You know? Um, and I never have, I I, you know, there's never a, obviously, there's never a good answer. Because mm-hmm. there's really never a good reason. Yeah. Cause... You know, to be afraid. Uh-huh. If your life isn't in danger. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, and I figure, like, a lot of the time, the reason that I'll get afraid will be, oh, my God, I'm going to fail. Right. Well, then what? I fail. Oh, whoops. You yeah. pick yourself back up, you learn from it, and you do it again, or you do something else. Yeah, and that's really what makes a, that's what makes a diehard entrepreneur, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to be willing to fail, and you have to not be attached you know, to, uh-huh. uh, to those failures because they'll come uh-huh. and they'll go and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And absolutely. not be attached to certain outcomes, I guess, because sometimes you'll put all of your effort toward one thing and it'll turn into something else. And that something else could be amazing. But yeah. if in your head you're like, oh my God, I didn't do this thing. I did the other thing and now I failed. Then you ignore the beauty of the actual thing that you created. That you created. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that being said too, what this kind of brings my is I am also very, um, I, I, I think that positive energy mm-hmm. is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I believe in the power to make your world what you want mm-hmm. from nothing, just from the power of positive energy and positive thought, mm-hmm. you know? And so if, if you're thinking, I'm afraid to fail, I'm mm-hmm. afraid to fail, and yeah. you kind of repeat those words over and over, I, I do think you're, you know, uh, maybe it's going to be an insurmountable right. problem. You're uh, setting yourself up. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and that it's definitely more likely to happen. Yeah. Um, versus, you know, concentrating on the ways in which you could be successful. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely what I do right. on a regular basis. So what's kind of like the next step? What's a mantra that I guess helps you get back on track when you're going like, okay, I'm having really negative thoughts and I need to kick this out. I guess so. Uh, recently, I had this big project that I'm considering throwing my life into. Okay. You know, and I. I I get my heart will start beating uh-huh. sometimes, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of money and um, it, it's a lot of time, yeah. and like, "Are you sure?" You know that sort of thing. Uh-huh. And and actually, what I do, I don't know if I have a mantra, but what I kind of do is, I, I think to myself, "That's not real." Right. What you're experiencing right now is not real. And actually, my little sister, I wish I could remember exactly how she put it, but. Okay. She, she says when you kind of have these feelings come up that you tip your hat and you say, hello. <laughs> yeah. And you acknowledge, you know, calmly like that these feelings are there. Uh-huh. And then you just turn and walk away, <laughs> you know. And I like that because you're not shoving them down and mm-hmm. ignoring them. They're there. They're a part of you. But you... But you are also not giving them what they are trying to achieve. They're, you're not giving them the whole playhouse yeah. to have their dramatic, you uh-huh. know, uh, experience. So like a child with a tantrum, you know, you say, hi, child, you're having I a tantrum. I'm having a tantrum. Have fun. I'll be over there when you finish. Yeah, or like I would even compare it to a dog uh-huh. that is 
fearful. Okay. And um, is panicking because there's a statue there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's right. a statue and oh my God, the statue and freaking out and oh cowering and moving away. And, uh, you know, my response would be to acknowledge that that is happening mm-hmm. and turn my attention to the positive. So what right. I have my clients do, for example, is I have uh-huh. them then speak to the statue. Uh-huh. Hi, you're my best friend, statue. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here today. Uh-huh. You know, and lead by example. Uh-huh. And I, you know, and so if you lead with confidence, that's going to be way more effective than addressing, oh my God, dog, are you okay? Right. You know, because then you're kind of feeding into that ball of panic. And I think it's the same way Uh when you have worries about a project Mm -hmm. is, um, is not to obsess on those, Mm -hmm. is to acknowledge them, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and be realistic. It's good to have those so that you're checking and you're balancing and you're doing everything you need to Mm -hmm. to make sure that you're setting yourself up as, you know, uh, to be as successful as it can be. Right. But then to move on and concentrate on how to make it work. Yeah. You're worried that it's not? Okay, then let's make it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What's the solution? What's the solution? Right. What do you What are you actually worried about? Don't mm-hmm. just have a panic attack for no reason. Mm-hmm. What are you legitimately concerned about? Okay, uh-huh. you're concerned that it's not going to make enough money. Uh-huh. All right, let's go over the numbers again. See where we got those numbers, and see if there's anywhere we can be more conservative. Right. To ease that worry a little bit. Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. we're more conservative and we're still making a profit at the end of our business plan, then then what? Then yeah. then tell me how you're worried. You yeah. Know? Exactly. But yeah, moving on and using it almost as motivation to dot your I's and cross your T's versus letting it take over your whole life. That sounds like a good approach for sure. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, we got a little bit off track with talking about your business specifically, but I like the direction that it took. (laughs) Um, So I guess taking it back to early Zoe dog trainer mm-hmm. days um what how what made you first decide to go into dog training when you were looking for i guess an accounting job my dog your dog my okay. dog fox my dog is oh, named fox he's adorable yep he's very cute mm-hmm. um and when i adopted him I was fresh out of college okay. and uh, he had, and so, and I was not a dog trainer. Okay. So I did not know what to look for uh-huh. uh, other than doing a little research on what breed would be best for me. I see. So, like when you were looking for the dog, you weren't mm-hmm. sure what characteristics or exactly. things Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And so when I got him, uh-huh. he came to me with a lot of problems. So he was eight months old. Okay. And he came to me with. He was not housebroken, and we had a really hard time housebreaking mm-hmm. him in a house with carpet. He peed everywhere. Oh, boy. He had, um, he was just crazy, very high energy, running mm-hmm. around all the time. Mm-hmm. He, he would bark. He would bolt. So if, if there was a crack in the door for a second, he would be gone. Or just, if you ever had him out without a leash. Was, oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Total racer. Yeah. Little speed racer. His Actually, his name was Zippy when I adopted him. I should have known. Uh-huh. Um, and he had severe separation anxiety. Okay. So he would, uh, destroy, you know, major pieces of the house when Ooh. I left. Was so, he like a wall chewer? Was he oh, a yeah. plant digger? Exactly. Wall uh-huh. chewer. It was always concentrated on the wall or the door that I left okay. from. So he would destroy the door. Uh-huh. He would, 
uh, ruin, you know, expensive wood blinds okay. and things like this in places that I was renting, you know, oh, just boy. like really unhappy to be uh-huh. left alone. So that's when I started looking for a job that I could take him with me. And uh-huh. the general, you know, run-of-the-mill accounting office doesn't allow dogs. So no. I was like, okay, that's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but I need to bring my dog to work with me. Right. Uh, so I read in, I think it was like the paper or something, uh-huh. an advertisement for a dog daycare that was being built from scratch okay. and was looking for a team. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, that's perfect. Of you course. Know, I have a management degree. You know, I, I, I didn't know it at the time, but I know mm-hmm. now that I, I really like uh, working with things from the beginning. Okay. From bare bones, like from like an idea. Okay. That's one of my absolute favorite things to do, even if it's not in my industry. I just love doing that. What's so, like your favorite thing about that? I, um, the, it's the... Um, Oh, I, I don't know how to describe it, but it's the almost naive um, dream, you know, uh-huh. like feeling of I'm going to, you know, I could be anything. I could be an astronaut. You yeah. know, I, could, I can yeah, do whatever yeah. I want to do. And yeah, you know, I, I, I think that really drives me a lot. Cool. And I think, it, you know, if I wasn't a dog trainer, mm-hmm. I would be whatever that is. I'd be a dream consultant, <laughs> you know. Oh, that could be fun. Yeah. yeah. That could be fun. And people would come to me and be like, I just, all I have is this dream. I want to be this. Uh-huh. You know, I want to do this. And I'd be like, okay, well, let's see what we need to do to get you there. And let's take the first step or whatever. You know, like, yeah, that would just be my favorite thing. That's cool. All so, right, so you started at this daycare mm-hmm. okay. in downtown San Diego. Uh-huh. And uh, I started working there. And I loved it. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that my dog, Fox, wasn't a great candidate for dog daycare. <laughs> Oh boy. So, but by then I had, um, you know, c- c- consulted with some trainers mm-hmm. and made some progress on his separation anxiety. That's so, cool. yeah. Um, so by that time he didn't need to come. So now I'm in the dog industry for my dog and uh-huh. he's at home, uh-huh. you know, um, and that daycare partnered uh-huh. with a training company. Okay. And I mentored under that training company for a year. Okay. Uh, and then that daycare uh, didn't make it. Mm. Uh, I don't know if it was not the right, you know, management team or, or if it wasn't uh, the right time. Yeah. But it didn't make it. And But I had been bitten by the training bug. And okay. so after that, I sought out a training company in San Diego. And they weren't hiring, but I didn't care. I just contacted the owner and was like, I want to work for you. <laughs> All right. And that that's how I became a full-time dog trainer. After that, I was a full-time dog trainer. That's cool. Yeah, yeah I think, uh, I don't know, a lot of the time, if I've been looking for a job, if a company says that they are not hiring or they don't have jobs listed on the website, I just automatically write it off in my head. But it's interesting to hear that you just kind of said, you know what, I want to work here. And yeah. I mean, I, I've done that. I've done that a couple of times huh. in my life, actually. That's where cool. I, I, I did that when I was younger for this children's retail store because okay. my friend worked there, uh-huh. and she was always talking about what a good job it was. Mm-hmm. So I just I went in uh-huh. and I would just, you know, say, hey, you know, is the manager here? And you know, the they would be like, oh no, she's not. I was like, well, you tell her that Zoe said hi. I really want a job here. Okay. You know, if there's anything I can do, you know. And then I would come back again. And I was uh-huh. like, hey. And I just came back multiple times and, you know, got the job. There you go. 
So I yeah. guess like again coming back to what would you do if you weren't afraid? You know, if you're not afraid of rejection, you can go out and say, "Hey, what's up?" to any job you want. Absolutely. Mhm. Absolutely. And I don't know what uh you know, you know, my previous boss if she was like, "I'm not hiring. I don't want to hire." And then she found me and she wanted to hire or if yeah. I caught her in the right mood or, you know, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. But it could open future opportunities You don't, you don't know. You uh-huh. never really know if someone was just uh, waiting for the right person. Right. You right, know, right. and I, I do think that that's what happened to me mm-hmm. is that she didn't know she wanted to hire someone until she met me. There you go. You know, and it was a good fit. It was Very a really cool. good fit. Very yeah. Cool. I like it. Okay. So, yeah, you spent some time uh, with your previous employer doing the dog training thing. You were there for seven years, six years? Six years. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I uh, start your own business. And then I know your, your husband, Dan, he started his own business as well. He's doing, is it Authentic Aquariums it's called? That's right. Okay. Yeah. So you guys kind of started your own business around the same time, right? Yes, sort of. Okay. But yes, it, it, you know, being an independent contractor before, Okay. It, it feels like you're running your own business a bit. Sure. You know, for that whole time. Um, but definitely, yeah, and, and so it was a little bit like I had that business going and then somewhere in the middle of that, he started Authentic Aquariums okay. and then, then the whole baby and Zoe's art training thing happened at the same time. Got it. Yeah. All right. He hasn't really, he just recently maybe the last year or so, mm-hmm. really started pushing that business. We both kind of agreed that it's time to start sure. pushing that. Okay. Yeah, I hadn't uh, I hadn't seen anything about it until probably last year, and then I saw his social media accounts pop up mm-hmm. and seeing things from him. Yeah, exactly. Um, so was he, like, in aquariums as an employee before, or was it just kind of a hobby slash... I don't know. How did that start? <laughs> so he has an interesting... <laughs> He has a little interesting start, too, because he was working for Shell Trading. Okay. Total switcheroonie there, uh-huh. you know, uh, uh, and they have this huge fish tank in their lobby. Okay. And he was there kind of in the front all the time, and uh, he made friends mm-hmm. with the guy that cleans that fish tank. Oh, interesting. And they would talk, and they got along really great, and Daniel's always been a bit of a science nerd. Yeah. Um, and he just was geeking out on the, you know, on the fish tank and Uh he left Shell and decided that's what he wanted to do. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. And so he started with just like a few little tanks here and there and, Mm -hmm. um, he found a few mentors to help him figure things out. He made a tank at our house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. Very nice. Beautiful salt, uh, saltwater fish tank. Mm -hmm. It's like a 70 gallon or something. Um, and yeah, then it's been, and then it was really slow after that, um, just because he, we had, we always have a million things we're concentrating on, you know, um, and just recently we've really been really getting our ducks in a row and, and taking his business more seriously, slowly but surely, I think, Here's the thing. Yeah. It's like w- w- the way it is in kind of our life, and I don't know, you know, if this is other people too, but y- you're constantly juggling whose baskets you should put the eggs in. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, and so we, we, we are consciously trying to balance that, uh-huh. but I, but, but, it, that is something that we are always having to consider yeah. is. You know, okay, 
because it's energy, right? It goes back to that positive energy. Yeah. And so if you want something to be successful, if you have your own positive energy just like flowing into it, that's mm-hmm. one thing. If you have five people's positive energy flowing into that one thing, yeah. that makes it even more likely that it's going to be successful. Absolutely. You know? And so when you're a married couple, mm-hmm. um, if the both of you are pushing this one of, you know, uh, idea, mm-hmm. then I, I think that it's going to be a lot more successful. So we, we are kind of, okay, who, whose job are we concentrating on today? Right. Even, or this week or this month, yeah. you know, or sometimes it'll be like, okay, I think the way it mostly is in our relationship is most of our eggs are in the Zoe's dog training basket. Okay. Uh, and since I've been doing it for longer and, um, it just seems to be giving us the most reward right. at the moment. Uh-huh. Um, but in, if we're looking at big picture, that's where it is. Uh-huh. But every time we look at small picture, we're taking steps in his direction too. Okay. Cause I think ideally we'd both be able to just be full, you know, private business owners or whatever. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of the cornerstone of like a cooperative relationship or marriage is knowing who needs the support at yeah. that moment and being able to support each other, but then support yourself also. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an interesting balance. Saving a little bit of energy for yourself. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's energy stealers out there too. Uh-huh. You got to watch out for, well, you yeah. know, and sometimes, sometimes, you know, I'm still in his energy or, mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, and you have to, you have to have this wall, uh-huh. but then you have to let the wall down every once in a while. Uh huh. Yeah, so, I mean it's it's a juggling act for sure. Most I don't think if there was one cookie cutter approach, mm-hmm. we'd all do it. Yeah, you know? and there definitely isn't. And yeah. uh, you know, a lot of people, I guess, are doing it wrong. But I mean, <laughs> is it? You know, if it works for you. Who am I to say you're doing it wrong? Right. right. Absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah. and and you know, we did not see this coming. You know, when we got married, mm-hmm. he was working at Shell. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, um, or, or he had just left Shell, actually. He might have been, it might have been just on the cusp. But, you know, so I don't think, I, I didn't even, I don't, and I was like, oh, number two, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love the stableness of number two. So we were both kind of living in our, Fantasy, in a fantasy world. Right. So at that point, neither of you had taken that jump. No. You were mm-hmm. both like in the, I guess, security, stable, zone. secure, mm-hmm. going to be in suburbia and pay my bills kind of uh, mindset. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I'm sure that we both have these like thoughts and dreams and uh-huh. especially Daniel at that point yeah. working at, uh, working at a desk was extremely uncomfortable, both oh, yeah. mentally, creatively and physically. But, mm-hmm. um, but but yeah, it, it, it's interesting because it's an interesting test in learning to grow with your spouse. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. we are both, I think, miles different uh-huh. than we were yeah. when you know back then, and and that can be tough mm-hmm. when you think you married this one person uh-huh. and now they're a totally different person and you know yeah being able to kind of adjust with that well and if you're in the wrong mindset with that you could start to maybe resent your partner for totally. changing you could think like oh or you resent your partner for keeping you from changing absolutely yeah yeah or taking you know taking risks mm-hmm. 
because you're both in it together. So a risk for me is a risk for Daniel. You right. Know? Yeah. And we have to be able to discuss that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So yeah. how about like date nights? Are you guys still <laughs> doing date nights and setting aside time that's just couple time and not business time? Date nights are really tough. Yeah. And here's what makes it tougher uh-huh. is that I shut down after nine. Okay. Like I could still be doing work, but mm-hmm. I can't be like critical thinking or like doing anything really, you know. Yeah. And he cannot do mornings. Like oh. can't do mornings. So um so date nights, date nights I mean you you do have to schedule them. Yes. We will just work ourselves to death uh-huh. if we do not schedule time. Mm-hmm. Uh we are fortunate to have a very supportive family, yeah. and his mother comes over a lot. Thank God. <laughs> um, because she saves us and forces us out the house, okay. um, which is nice. But no, it, it is hard. Also because you get such a, a high mm-hmm. from your creative endeavors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you sometimes, I mean, I don't know you, I don't know if this happens to other people, but mm-hmm. I do feel like I have to... Um, remember how to find that same high mm-hmm. in my current life. Right. Yeah. And not always be thinking about the next step. Yeah. You know? And that's probably going to be my next... So, like, getting rid of fear. Good. You got rid of the fear, mm-hmm. you know? Or taking these big steps. That's uh-huh. great. But now, ground it. Right. You know? And find excitement Don't forget in your that. life. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And uh-huh. that, I think, has been more of a challenge for me right now mm-hmm. is, you know, finding the joy and just staying home and yeah. not being able to do work and just hanging out with little Jay. Yeah. Like, and watching me eat dirt, you know? <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, sometimes that's all you can do. Mm-hmm. He's not going to let you do any work. You just have to, you know, have a good time with that. Yeah. Just, which is very, which is fun. So, well, I was reading something hard. earlier today that was talking about, I guess, the impact on your mental health and your actual physical brain and your neurons of um, gratefulness and having a mindset of gratefulness mm-hmm. instead of um, being in a kind of complaining mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was interesting because the person was talking about how being in an environment where you surround yourself with people who complain or being a complainer yourself can... Um, you know, change the chemistry of your body and create, you know, cortisol and um, just all kinds of negative things that drive you more and more toward the negative. And um, being able to bring yourself back to gratefulness will help you a lot with that. Oh, man, I totally believe that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally believe that. And you can mm-hmm. see it from the outside. Mm-hmm. You, you can see you know, everybody has these friends that are complainers uh-huh. and it's not that they don't have things to complain about. Right. A lot of times they do have things to complain mm-hmm. about, but because they get caught up in the complaining and constantly kind of bemoaning it, it, it seems to be one thing after the other all of right. a sudden. Mm-hmm. And, and those are the people that usually you say, gosh, you can't catch a break, can you? Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, and, and it's like, well, maybe... If you don't have your mid out, sure. Maybe you're not going to catch the break. Yeah, yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. If you're, you know, yeah, totally. You're sitting on your mitt, right. you know. <laughs> Get up. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I know. Mm-hmm. I know. That is a, 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 that is a vicious cycle. Uh-huh, and I've definitely gotten stuck in that one before. And um, it's one that I 
I guess, struggle with over and over and over again, reminding myself, mm-hmm. okay, but look at your life. All of your problems, literally all of your problems are first world problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can't help, you know, you can't help the world. Yeah. If you can't help yourself, you can't help anyone. Right. If you can't help yourself, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I've taken a lot of flights recently. You gotta put your own air mask on first. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's what the flight attendant tells me. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you and Dan, you guys also have a band, uh, Mansi and the Boons. Yeah. You guys are super awesome. <laughs> I've had to miss the past couple of performances of yours, sadly enough. Um, but hoping to get back to one soon. Um, so how do you kind of work that schedule in with your working schedules? Oh, it's hard. Yeah. It's really hard. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> you're like speaking into our life right now because we're trying to record yeah. more music. Mm-hmm. And man, it's not, and it's not just us, mm-hmm. you know, with six people in the band coordinating everybody's schedules uh-huh. at this point in all of our lives too, you know, yeah. with babies and weddings. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just uh, careers, it's it's everything. Yeah. Well, you've got... Okay, so you and Dan with your careers. Yeah. And your baby, of course. Yep. Uh, Mary, your second singer, she's getting married soon. Yep. She's in the midst of planning her wedding. Okay. And, you know, she's getting... We're getting close. And then so. you've got Baxter. His wife is pregnant. Expecting her baby. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then does anyone else have any big milestones coming up in the band? Not that I know of. Uh, our drummer is oh. also married. David okay. is, is married and he has a kid as well. Okay. Um, and then Adam, what I would expect from him is that he he's at the point of his life where anything could happen. Yeah. You know, so it, it, he could be onto some project, mm-hmm. you know, at any time. Sure. Or his career could change at any time. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are all things that, you know, are, are going to affect the, you know, the unity yeah. mm-hmm, that we're able to provide. So, but no, it, it's still really fun. It's, um, it's choosing, I don't think as a band. Mm-hmm that we as a band have chosen to put all of our concentration into it. Okay. So everybody's mind right now is only half on the band and half like totally convoluted with their life. Yeah. And so because of that, that, you know, if, if all you give is half, Mm -hmm. then that's all you're going to get. Right. So the band has this, you know, at um, cumulatively has this great talent. Mm-hmm. Um, we love playing with each other and love making music and everything about our band. We just love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are moving along at a snail's pace yeah. because we don't have the full energetic support yeah. that we would need to shoot off into the Right. Well, and with everything that you guys have going on, I didn't even know if that would be a possibility. You'd have to probably make a lot of sacrifice. Yeah, and and uh, see our son less, mm-hmm. and that's hard. Yeah. But you know, even when I think about that, when I think, what would I want Jeremiah seeing? Mm-hmm. I I do want him seeing us going after our goals. Right. And you know. So I think, 
in that in that as an, in that respect, I'm really lucky that I have like Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> because he can keep the ball rolling when I can't. Okay. And ever since I had Jeremiah, it has been very difficult for me to be the one pushing the Madsy and the Boone's ball down the roll yeah. down the road. Um, so he has picked up a lot of he and my backup singer Mary have picked up a lot of that slack. Right. Which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so and I'm so I'm very I feel very lucky to have them because if it wasn't for them, mm-hmm. the Madsy would not even exist anymore. Yeah. Because I had yeah. to pull so far back. Right. To get my kid through his first year. Yeah, that must be <laughs> you exhausting. Know? Like, oh, yeah. holy crap. Yeah, yeah, no. One-year-olds yeah. are great, yeah. but uh, babies are really hard. <laughs> so I've heard. <laughs> yeah, they're hard. Well, I know that for a while he was having some, I guess, trouble sleeping on a schedule, right? That's like a massive understatement. Oh, yeah. Massive, <laughs> massive understatement. Uh-huh. He is, a, it was... A terrible sleeper. Okay. The worst sleeper ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, I say this, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a sleep coach, but uh, but I mean, he never ever in his whole life slept more than two hours at a time at oh, night wow. and never slept more than a half an hour at a time mm-hmm. uh, or 45 minutes at a time for during the day. Oh, wow. And and so we'd have these brief stints of longer period, longer segments, but for the first seven months, eight months, that's all I got is yeah. uh, two hours at a time. And it make, it drives you crazy. Like yeah. legitimately, really, I'm sure if I had, you know, electrodes in my brain to tell you, you would see me going slowly insane. Yeah. Sleep deprivation. <laughs> There's a reason that oh they my use God. it as a form of torture. Absolutely. <laughs> that's, and that's exactly what it is. Uh-huh. And that's exactly what it is. And that's, I feel very passionate about it because... You know, there's these people that there's, I can't even believe this, but there's people out there that Mm -hmm. like don't believe in postpartum, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, depression and, 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 um, and so many people that Mm -hmm. kind of laugh or belittle that sleep deprivation in first in moms and especially first time moms who have no idea what the hell they're doing. And I'm sure dads too. They probably suffered as well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. if he's not a morning person. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. No, no. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. You just, you just, the depths it can take you to, uh-huh. I, you could easily, you could easily hurt your child. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could easily, easily, it could drive you that far insane. Yeah. So you have to be very careful and you, you need a really good support system, but you need to know that you're not doing anything wrong and that it's okay to ask for help. I, I you know, if you say, oh, my baby doesn't sleep, and people are usually like, yeah, I know, that sucks. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, you know, I think people need to be more pushing these women that uh-huh. are having that degree that I had of sleep deprivation right. to get to get some help from someone, a professional, right. a baby professional. Yeah. Not peers with babies. Uh-huh. But a baby sleep professional, and there's lots of different, you know, whether, I know there's this big fight about either cry it out or gentle, you know, or whatever, and, mm-hmm. and but there's there's something for everyone out there. There's so many different theories yeah. on what helps, and, you know, totally. it's probably going to be different for and, each baby. Yeah, uh-huh. and there's something for everyone. Yeah. You know, and so, if, and, and I actually, I had a sleep coach, but I had two. Okay. And the first one wasn't the right one for me, and mm-hmm. so I found another one, and thank God I did. Uh-huh. You know, because... 
he he slept through the night for the first time when he was 11 and a half months old. Wow. And slept sleep through the night is is uh, five to six hours is what that means. Oh my gosh. So he went 11 and a half months yes. without having five to six hours of uninterrupted. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That is serious. You know, yeah. I don't think I've talked to anyone that's had it that that much. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good, it was challenging for my sleep trainer. He really did have a uh-huh. hard time. So yeah, yeah, I started working with the second sleep trainer when he was about seven months old. Okay, and it took that, it took long, that long. Yeah, for us to finally find the right thing for him. You know, mm-hmm. and it was a gentle approach, um, but yeah, yeah, I would get. I would recommend people get help because it really ruins your whole life. <laughs> uh, well, I think that a lot of people struggle with getting help just in general, when it comes to their babies, when it comes to their businesses, when it comes Mm -hmm. to just asking for something. And I don't think people really think about, there are so many people in your life that want to help you. Oh my God, so many. There's so many. All you have to do is ask. You know, they they don't know what to do to help you unless you say, hey, this is exactly what you can do to help me. Yeah. And talk about your business. Uh Uh-huh. You know, I think that people are really... I don't know if they're afraid because mm-hmm. they think someone might steal their idea or yeah. if they're afraid to look, sound stupid. Uh-huh. But if you, it, you know, if you have this business and mm-hmm. you're trying to get it going or whatever, talk to people. Sure. You know, you may bump into someone like me uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> that, that goes, Ooh, yeah, let's make your idea happen. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know? the, the dream maker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you, you really don't know. Uh-huh. Just recently I was, I was talking to a, a new friend, mm-hmm. and um, I was talking about the business, and she's like, oh, okay, you really need to talk to my friend. So yeah. now I'm a friend of a friend. She's uh-huh. like, you really need to talk to her. She's going to give you some advice. I set up a phone call with her, mm-hmm. and after the phone call, I was like, oh, my God, I did not know what I was doing. Wow. You Like, everything, you know, she, uh, suddenly I was like, thank God I mm-hmm. talked to her because I could have made some pretty big mistakes. Yeah. You know, um, and... That's from telling my friend about it briefly, mm-hmm. you know, so you just, you don't know. So, you, you know, ask for help, but mm-hmm. even, even if you're not comfortable asking for help, just talk okay. about it. Mm-hmm. Just tell people what you're doing. Yeah. I know for a while, like something that kept me from wanting to talk to people about what I was going to be doing with my business was A, I wasn't a hundred percent sure what I was doing yet. Mm-hmm. And then B, it would make it too real. You know, like mm-hmm. once people know mm-hmm. about it, then you're fully committed. Then you kind of have to do it. Otherwise, you're going to have to go back and tell all those people, no, I didn't actually do it. And that doesn't feel mm-hmm. good. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So it was like my way of not fully committing to it. So interesting. What was interesting to me was when I kind of fully committed to it in my mind, I told myself, okay, now I need to tell everyone what I'm doing so that. If I want to back out later on, if I get scared, I'll feel stupid. If I, <laughs> I'll feel really stupid if I stop. So it like motivated you there. It yeah. made me say, okay, I'm going to stay on track because I have all these people that are asking me, hey, how's it going? You know, when do I get to see your business? They're excited for me. Right. And so them being excited for me made me, me more excited for me. Yeah. yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Don't give yourself that out. No, no. <laughs> if I've learned anything that so far, it's that persistence is just the number one thing. Mm-hmm. You know, just stick with it, and eventually you'll figure out what works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with your, um, you know, wanting to help 
all of the other businesses in the world like yeah. accomplish everything. Yeah. Um, it seems like you really like to partner with other businesses too. Yeah, I do. Um, so when you want to partner with a business or when a business wants to partner with you, how does that kind of happen? Something that I learned from the first training company I was with, you know, my boss was amazing. And the thing that made her insanely successful mm -hmm. was her marketing skills. Okay. <laughs> Just, just fantastic marketing and people skills, and I. If she was here and we were looking back at me when I first worked with her, I, she was like, you know, you're gonna have to go into that vet right now and say hi. <laughs> just they never heard you see. They didn't ask you to come. Uh huh. You're just gonna go in and and, and introduce yourself. And I wanted to die. <laughs> I was like, I would rather be dead than be marketing, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and she's like, you you know, yeah, it's terrible, whatever, you get used to it. And I'm like, no, I will never get used to this, <laughs> ever. I hate it so much. It uh -huh. kills me on the inside. And she's totally right. You do get used to it. Uh -huh. and, and it was invaluable yeah. what she taught me. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, you know, not only did it make me a more confident person, because really, mm -hmm. you know, fake it till you make it is a thing. Yeah. You know, if you're in there talking yourself up, uh -huh. eventually you believe it. Yeah. You know? Um, so that that added to everything. But but uh, that's how I first met a lot of my contacts mm -hmm. is these cold calls. Yeah. You know? And then what happened after that was mm -hmm. I realized I actually, you know, like a lot of these people. Yeah. Like, I would be their friends. Mm -hmm. And working for yourself... Mm -hmm is a lonely job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I I drive in the car and I go from client to client. Mm -hmm. I don't have coworkers. Mm -hmm. Uh you know, I I saw my boss every every other month. Yeah. You know, I would talk to her on the phone constantly, but it was not face to face. It was a professional relationship, right. you know. Um and so either I was going to not have any friends mm -hmm. or I was going to make friends with the people that I meet on the job. Yeah. You know? And so, um, that's what ended up happening right. is, is I made friends with these people and, you know, and I really, uh, friends help friends with their businesses. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, they started to refer me, mm -hmm. I would refer them back. Uh -huh. And, um, I do think that it's a community. You, you need support from your, um, whatever sort of, what is the word? It's not genre, <laughs> but whatever department, you I know, you're niche maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Whatever you're going to need support from, from, you know, the others in that same department. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, even being a dog trainer, mm -hmm. you can't be just a dog trainer. You have to be a people person. Yeah, absolutely. Which I'm glad to do. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, and I'm sure that there are people, you know, your clients ask you questions that you don't necessarily have the solution to. You're not a pet store. Right. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And I, mm -hmm. and I, I am able, you know, the more questions I'm able mm -hmm. to have an immediate answer for, uh -huh. the better. Yeah. You know, so yeah, if somebody says, hey, and by the way, mm -hmm. you know, if, they, if I get a dog, new puppy, you uh -huh. know, they don't have anything. Right. They don't have a groomer. They don't have a vet. They yeah. don't know where to get the best dog food. Mm -hmm. They don't know which treats to buy. Right. You know, 
And now that I've been in the industry, industry, that was the word. There we go. <laughs> Department industry. There you it's go. All the same. Now that I've been in the industry long enough, uh-huh. um, I, I have those answers. I have a lot of those answers for them. Cool. You know, either, you know, yeah, here's a few in your neighborhood that right. you can check out. Yeah, you've either got answers or you've got referrals. And Absolutely. Both, I feel like, do the job. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. Exactly. Very, very cool. Um, so, I guess, looking back on your time as a self-employed uh, business owner, mm-hmm. is there anything that you would tell yourself when you were starting out and say, okay, well, you know, I wish I had known this when I was starting my business? I, I, I think the main thing that I would go back to mm-hmm. is if, if you want it, get it. Mm-hmm. You know, because I don't think I even knew, I, I honestly feel like I'm just stumbling. People are like, how did you get here? And I'm like, uh-huh. I just take one foot and put it in front of the other foot. Right. You know, and, you know, it, it, I, I, got, I can't take my dog to work. Okay, I'll work at a daycare. Uh-huh. Okay, they partnered with a training company. That sounds fun. Okay, uh-huh. I'll keep doing that. Yeah. And, you know, I just kind of keep doing what sounds right. Yeah. So, but it's not that I've never, I, you know, there. I might have got to this place a lot sooner mm-hmm. if I had trusted my instincts. Yeah. And I think that those are discounted a lot. Mm-hmm. We're, we're really built, we're not built, but we're, we're uh, tricked mm-hmm. into thinking the world is scary. Yeah. You know? And that, um, that you shouldn't take any risks mm-hmm. because the world is scary. But, but everything great that anyone has ever done has been a risk. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, ever in the history of forever, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> that anyone has ever done has been a risk. Yeah. And so it doesn't really matter, you know, what you want to do, whether that's be a dog trainer or whether it's feed a million hungry people, mm-hmm. you're going to have to take some risks to get there. Yeah. So um, here's what I would do mm-hmm. is just delete the word risk from like life. Yeah. That's what I wish we could do. Uh-huh. Or at least um, eradicate the negative connotation. Well, it's funny. Like, when you think about it, the reality of your everyday life, everything you do or don't do is a risk. Driving is a risk. Driving is a risk. Stepping foot outside your house is a risk. Sitting in your house is a risk. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, if you never leave your couch, you're still at some sort of risk because your building could blow up. Sure, or you could, you could, uh, you know, your muscles could become underdeveloped. There's uh-huh. a risk. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. So I, that's what I wish is we could just rework this risk word to be uh-huh. something positive because, mm-hmm. because it, it really always mm-hmm. leads to something positive. Even yeah. if the risk you take ends in a failure, mm-hmm. it, the failure is still something positive because yeah. you're able to learn from it. So, yeah. um, you know, take. Take the risks. Mm-hmm. Take calculated risks mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. And, you know, whatever your biggest risk is, that's probably the one you should be taking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd be asking yourself, you know, why aren't you taking it? And what would you do if you weren't afraid? Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, I guess, you know, looking at the word risk with excitement instead of fear is a huge step in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 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 
All right. Well, I think we're about ready to wrap up. Is there anything going on with Zoe's dog training that you want to tell us about? Any events you have coming up or promotions? I, I do. I do. Uh-huh. I have a couple of things. There is a new training box uh, that was just released by Real Pet Food. Um, this new company that makes very high quality mm-hmm. treats and chews. Okay. Um, it's freeze dried meat, and I partnered with them to make a training box that okay. has treats and chews and all kinds of stuff. And um, it they are on sale on Amazon. Very cool. And there's a promotion that if you get your box and mm-hmm. you shoot a little clip of your dog doing a trick for the treats in it, that you get ah. uh, to dollar off. Zoe's dog training coupon. Very cool. So inside the training box, do you have like tips on how to use the treats in yep. it? Yep. Mm-hmm. We oh, have wow. a uh, it, um, uh, each month or every other month. There's mm-hmm. going to be a new tip, and this uh, box's tip is drop it. Hmm. And I know that that's needed for uh-huh. a lot of dog owners out there. So you're going to see a little play by play of how to teach the drop it command in oh. the, in the box. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, it's I really bet it'll cute. be very helpful. I've had dogs in the past that have trouble with drop it. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, hel- it really helps preventing uh-huh. resource guarding. Yeah, especially if it's like my shoe mm-hmm. or it's something they really want to play with. Like cat poop. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh yeah. Definitely have the dog that likes to eat the cat poop. Yeah. That's always a little disturbing. <laughs> yeah, it's a joy. Uh-huh. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Sure, um, thank you. I really enjoyed having you here, and I'm definitely going to take some risks as per your advice. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, hopefully everyone out there will start taking more risks and start talking about risk with a positive connotation instead of negative. Perfect. Cool. <laughs> thank you, Zoe. Thank you.